How's it going, everybody? It is episode 75, a little milestone episode for us here on Hawaii Football Now. We appreciate everybody sticking around this long with us and uh, enjoying the pod, hopefully, as much as we are enjoying putting it together for you. Uh, pretty big day. We record this on Wednesday, February 1st. It's about 9, 10 a.m. in the morning. Jordan Helly and Hunter Hughes alongside you here. Uh, it's the traditional signing day, right? Uh, for all those years before they got into the early signing period uh, that we now know in December, uh, this was the day. Like this was one of the biggest days on the calendar. It is significantly diminished because so many of the high profile recruits end up signing in the early period. Uh, but it's a big day nonetheless. And uh, we wanted to kind of hold off until mid morning on Wednesday to get the reaction of Hawaii's latest signees. Uh, as of now, they've added four to a class that now includes 30 <laughs> uh, what really really big class so far here uh, for this 2023 signing period um, it, it's going to be a lot of fun we're going to get into that for basically the duration of the show and in the second half we've got our guy from ESPN Honolulu Tanner Hayworth to join us uh, he's a guy who pays a lot of attention to the recruiting angle uh, nationally as well as obviously from a Hawaii angle you'll be familiar with him if you listen to basically any of the radio shows uh on the espn honolulu networks uh because he's he's filling in he's running the board he's doing all kinds of stuff but a, a really bright guy looking forward to that yeah, twitter um, hound and a twitter hound that he is that he is uh he is very active on the twitter uh and is a lot of fun to kind of get a follow there he's he's very interactive uh with a lot of the talking heads on twitter including some of the fans who you know sometimes are rational sometimes are not which is great because that's what makes them fans uh, and we appreciate that, especially when it comes to Hawaii football, because we need all the fans we can get. Uh, and I am all for the discourse uh, on Twitter. It's a lot of fun there. All right. Uh, before we get into anything, uh, I do want to remind you that Hawaii Football Now is brought to you by Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union. As Hawaii's largest credit union, they are committed to serving individuals and businesses through its 14 branch locations statewide and convenient, uh, excuse me, convenient digital banking services as well. As a leader in providing support for the islands, Hawaii USA is committed to strengthening Hawaii's financial wellness and sharing successes with members, local businesses, and the greater community. Visit HawaiiUSAFCU.com for more information. All right, as we mentioned, episode 75, before we get into some of the recruiting talk, uh, our opening drive here to get things going, uh, and we begin the episode on a, on a bit of a somber note. Uh, I'm sure by now, right, as this is going to get released on Thursday, midday, uh, February 2nd, already into the second month of the year. Uh, I think, you know, if you're a fan of our podcast, you're a fan of Hawaii football and you're a fan of Hawaii sports, uh, and you probably, like many of us, grew up uh, or most of your football fandom uh, existed with one Jim Leahy, the, the voice behind the soundtrack that went along with some of the biggest victories, uh, some of the crushing defeats, but but everything in between for Hawaii sports, for Hawaii football. Um, and, uh, I, I'm sure you are aware by now, uh, he unfortunately passed away on Monday, uh, his family releasing, um, the news to the public, uh, passed away early Monday morning. Um, and just, just a big blow. And I think you'll, you'll probably have seen a number of, of touching tributes of, uh, kind of recaps on his impact, his incredible career, uh, his incredible life, uh, and just how, how awesome a guy he was, you know, and, and I think for for anybody who who's grown up in Hawaii watching the old K5 broadcast or even going back before that. Right. 
KGU on the radio and 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 KGMB and KHNL when he was working in news and and then on to to, to Oceanic when OC Sports uh, took over the contract. His career spanning literal decades, you know, fathering uh, following in his father Chuck's footsteps and and obviously kind of passing the mantle uh, to our guy Kanoa Lehi, uh, who's who's now. Uh, the main announcer, obviously, for for a number of University of Hawaii sports, and and we just wanted to send our our sincere condolences to to everybody with the Lehi family, Kanoa, um, and and his immediate family, and and really the the, the greater University of Hawaii family, Hawaii sports family. Um, Jim was as iconic as it gets, right? Uh, so many iconic calls. You felt like you you, you knew him, right? He was he was the uncle kind of coming through your living room via the television sets or, or that fatherly figure, right? Just a, a million dollar voice. Um, and I'll just always remember, you know, his, he, this poetic mastery of the English language. Like he, he was a teacher at heart. Um, there, there, there are some fun stories out there of him, you know, as an educator spent like over a, about a decade teaching at Campbell high school before he really got into the broadcasting industry, uh, industry full-time. But just this, as as a guy who's worked in media myself now, it's just it, it was always so impressive, this this poetic mastery of the the English language that was, you know, sort of just tied to place, like tied to Hawaii, mm. um, tied to Hawaii's team, to to Hawaii's you know sports programs, to Hawaii's people. He'd mix in, you know, some of the the Hawaiiisms. He'd he'd mix in the Hawaiian language. Um, and to do that with this this really eloquent um, usage of the English language, I, I just thought was was always so impressive um, and so quite honestly unique. You know, I mean, there he was as good as you know anybody on the continent, as he called it, and, and had chances to call preseason Seahawks games uh, for a time. And and so he was he was everything that that any of those guys on the continent could do. But he also you know worked in the Hawaii angle and it was it was just always kind of cool and comforting and that was our guy right um and and just just a big loss the big loss and um you know he'll 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 go down he's in the University of Hawaii circle of honor um just as 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 iconic as they come and um he'll, he'll surely be missed hadn't called a game for a little while um but but those calls will will, will live forever man yeah. Um, you know, I, I had an interesting conversation with Josh Pacheco on Monday where uh, we kind of got the early reaction to uh, the passing because him and I were covering for Kanoa on his show. Um, and so obviously Kanoa couldn't make it. And uh, hearing from Josh, the times where he was on the call with um, with Mr. Leahy, similar sort of um an encouragement from Mr. Leahy towards Josh of hey could we improve that what word could you use instead um it was a a teaching moment of how do we improve this craft on a day-to-day -day basis very much like what you said the heart of uh the heart of a teacher in uh in this career as well. Um, you know, I, I'm not from Hawaii. I'm not going to pretend like I was born and raised out here. Um, but hearing the force, you know, from people 
like you, like Josh, uh, other members of the media that that we're friends with, how much of a force this guy was out here. It's uh, it's really quite something. I can't help but relate it to where I'm from. I'm from Chicago. Um, the passing of a guy like Harry Carey uh, back in the late 90s. And we felt like we knew him. He was our sportscaster. And it was beyond just one specific team. It was he was the play caller of a city and him passing in the late nineties, um, getting people to comment like Michael Jordan at the time, who in the late nineties was beyond time and space and to mourn the loss of someone like that. It shows the impact of someone like, uh, Harry Carey or a, a Jim Leahy in this, um, in this case, uh, really kind of marks the times and, you remember calls and how old you were, where you were at, who who you were with during those times. And uh, it, it really is uh, bigger than sports. It's a cultural thing whenever you have someone. He, I mean, he was a sportscaster for 60 years, Jordan, 60 years. That That's crazy when you look at everything that happened during that time. And uh, we're going to miss him for sure. Yeah. And, and, I think that's well put. And and quite honestly, some of my favorite, you know, Jim Leahy memories as a as just a viewer or a consumer um, were with Leahy and Leahy, the, the show he and Kanoa did on, on PBS, where they just sit in a kitchen um, and and talk story, um, which I always just thought was so cool because, um, well, one, uh, Dan Lebitard completely ripped off the idea uh, on on the Levitard show because uh Kanoa guys were doing that well before uh the ESPN show where they're just you know sitting with his dad in a kitchen uh when it was like him and Bomani Jones doing that thing but it was it, it, it I think it really sort of showed you the human side of of Jim uh it was just him and his son talking story and they'd obviously bring in guests and they'd have you know Pops Poetry Corner and some of these really cool little segments uh that they do but I think that's where you really saw <clears throat> Uh, a different side of of Jim Leahy, right? Because when you're calling a game, I mean, you're the, the game is the focus, right? You're you're adding to that. But but I think people really got to know him. You know how smart he was, how witty he was, uh, how funny he was, um, it, it, just how how intelligent and and eloquent and 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 he and Kanoa get into fun debates and and uh, generational debates, uh, right? Uh, I think what they call it the generationally challenged uh, sports discussion or something like that along those lines, right? If I can't even remember. Uh, and even when they used to do it on the radio before before making it, uh, you know, kind of converting it to the the television medium on, on PBS Hawaii. I just, I always really enjoyed those. Um, and then as I got to know Kanoa better, who, you know, I consider a, a really close friend, um, you know, it, it, it even more so, it just, it became more and more interesting to kind of see their their banter and, and and going back and forth and I think just enjoying each other right and 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 the proud the proud dad that he was of Kanoa um and and how his career was going and whatnot so th those are some of my favorite memories just you know beyond even you know calling games uh really really really, really uh impactful life uh impactful career and and as you were pointing out with Josh sharing some of those stories you know he was always quick to mentor always quick to, 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 to try and lend a helping hand to, to guys that, you know, were trying to make it in the industry, whether they be on the broadcast side, um, whether they were in, you know, working 
on the newspaper side or whatever. Uh, I think you've you've heard a lot of that. Um, and 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 we'll miss him. We'll miss him dearly. That's for sure. Uh, so again, our our aloha out to Kanoa, the rest of the Leahy family as well. And and um, I'm sure we'll 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 have a few more stories to share as as the weeks go on. No doubt about that. Uh, so we'll make the the transition here from uh, our opening drive into the game time. We'll get talking uh, some signing day action for the University of Hawaii as they are kind of kicking into full gear with spring practices just around the corner. All right, game time here on Hawaii Football Now. Jordan and Hunter with you. Again, we've got Tanner Hayworth of uh, ESPN Honolulu coming up uh, in just a moment, really, uh, as we get into the second half of the pod. But before we get there, uh, a little abbreviated first half here. Uh, just wanted to kind of quickly cover the four guys uh, that have signed so far here on Wednesday, February 1st, adding to the already 26 <laughs> who were inked in the first signing period. Um, I think the highest profile of the the four signings, um, Hunter is probably Domotapeko Jr., right? He was a guy who had verbal to Hawaii, kind of backed off of that, uh, went to the Polynesian Bowl, uh, it kind of seemed like it was coming down between Hawaii and San Jose State. Uh, he's a six foot four, two hundred twenty pound uh, athlete, listed as kind of play defensive end, uh, a guy who can just get after the quarterback, a guy who can um, kind of play all over the field. Uh, went to Calabasas High School in Calabasas, California. He is the son of fifteen year NFL veteran Domata Peco, uh, three star recruit per twenty four seven. I think he's he's the biggest get of this group so far. Uh, and then you got three defensive backs. Coach Abe is going to need a bigger meeting room, I think, when it comes to DBs because they have signed a ton of dudes, uh, including high school senior uh, Deline Freeman, 5'11", 170, from Noonan, Georgia, uh, East Coweta High School. Uh, he's a dude who can run, uh, really speedster. Uh, Ezekiel Rodriguez, who we had talked about in previous pods and verbal, he officially signed today. Um, the six-foot, 190-pound high school senior from Kaneohe. He went to Milani High School. And then you've also got a junior college guy, a six-foot senior, DeMarco Moore from Moreno Valley, California, uh, Riverside City College. Put up some impressive numbers, 12 picks, 94 tackles, seven and a half tackles for loss in his time at Riverside City College. So that now makes 30 total, four in this window. Of the 30, 21 defensive signings. Uh, they have very much emphasized the defensive side of the ball. I think that's nine DBs now, if I'm counting correctly, Hunter. Um, Tanner might be able to fill us in there. Uh, but your reaction so far to these four guys, and if by the time we finish recording, they add anybody to the list, uh, we'll, we'll yeah. add that in. Um, yeah, it, anytime you bring new guys into what we've got cooking here with the brotherhood and this marketing story that, that we are committing to, it's exciting. And uh, you you can't help but focus on um, Damata Peco. And, you know, he's a three-star. Anytime you can get... Anybody with a star next to their name to University of Hawaii, that's, that's a tremendous accomplishment with recruiting. So, again, tip of the cap to this coaching staff and getting that um, that accomplished. There's so much that goes into that. And um, this coaching staff continues to impress even in just their first year in change of uh, taking the job. Some guys not even a year yet with uh, Timmy Chang getting hired last February. So, um very very impressive um yeah i'm um i'm still kind of working out my initial thoughts jordan uh especially with 21 of our 30 guys coming on the defensive side of the football um 
there's some, you know, initial obvious thoughts of not all of those guys are going to have space to play, at least not yet immediately. Um, we kind of talked about it before the show, just for a brief second about there's guys that are going to be ready to play, uh, whether they've come in the transfer portal, uh, whether they are coming from, um, you know, junior college and those guys are ready to make an impact right off the bat. I got to imagine if you're a three-star son of a 15-year um, NFL veteran like uh, like Pecco is, you would think he's going to get a chance on the field right off the bat. That's just what needs to be done if you're a high-profile player like that. Um, but uh, I'm intrigued to see kind of more what the purpose is behind stacking a defense like this. Um, we're just now in year two of this new transfer portal NIL new reality of college football. And you can't help but wonder, you know, are they doing this because they're wondering guys are inevitably going to leave. And that's just the way it is in um, this new climate that we find ourselves in with college football. Um, it's, you can't help but start to wonder if there's some other, uh, new ways of, of recruiting, putting a team together, creating this thing that we can kind of morph and adjust to on a year to year basis, because it's so different now. Um, but 21 guys on, uh, on the defensive side of the football, it doesn't take a brainiac to realize you can only play 11. So, uh, and with 30 guys for a signing class, that's a big class, Jordan, with um, just north of 100 guys on the roster. That's more that's more than a quarter right there of your entire roster just coming in with this with this signing class. So um, very interesting. I'm sure Tan Man will help us dive in deep with some of these guys, but uh, it's going to be interesting to say the least. Yeah, I think it's a, a good point you bring up uh, in terms of, you know, what exactly is the thought process, right? I mean, you're going out, you're trying to fill needs. We, we talked a little bit about that with the the earlier recruiting class um, that, look, they, they clearly targeted the defensive line. Uh, they clearly targeted the defense in total. They clearly targeted the offensive line, right, where uh, none uh, here today, but but a few uh, back in December. And so those those were areas where they lose a lot, uh, the graduation, matriculation, as well as, look, they just need to get better at some of these positions, right? And so, yeah, with the with the portal, how things work out, are you, are you looking at project guys to kind of, uh, you know, are you looking for ready-to-play guys? Are you looking for the project guys to kind of be waiting in the wings when – when some of the other guys maybe inevitably make their way to the portal to bigger program. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a, a delicate balance. I, I'm curious to see, you know, and we'll, we'll, we'll try to get some of the coaches on as we get through spring and, and summer to kind of talk about that because they were, they were facing a difficult task, right? Really? This is the first full recruiting window for the entire coaching staff. And and there was a ton of turnover last season, which meant they needed to, a, a whole bunch of stop gap, fill in the uh, plug-in guys and, and some of those guys were, were going to only be here for a year and then you got to refill again. So, you know, the cycle continues on. Right. And hopefully they get some guys that can stick. And obviously with three of the four here today being high school guys, you hope that they're they're here for a while. Yeah, totally. And yeah, that that's one thing. And as this recruiting class is kind of coming to a point, I know we're going to let Tanner on here in just a second and dive real deep into all of this. But 
one of the other uh, position groups that we kind of identified needing a lot of uh, help was the receiving crew and only bringing four guys in um, is interesting to me. I'm not going to critique it just yet. I just, it's interesting. Um, as we are shifting to the run and shoot, they must really feel confidently that at least right off the bat, we have pieces in place that can run that and run it well. Um, I think back to whenever Rolo made that shift over, um, we really only relied on one brand new receiver, and that was Nick Mardner at the time. I'm just thinking of guys that hadn't been on the roster for a couple of years. Um, we relied on guys for chemistry, for working together uh, for a little bit of time. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the beef of that wide receiver core was Cedric Bird, JoJo Ward, and uh, um, Jason Matthew Sharsh as well. Um, as well as a, a few other guys. Um, but that was kind of um, the meat and potatoes right there. So for those wondering, like myself, you know, did we bring in enough receivers? Did we bring in enough playmakers on offense? Give it the run and shoot is something that needs to be kind of cooked up and left in the uh, the oven for a little while before it's uh, it's ready to be eaten at the table. So, um, but I'm excited with, uh, with everything happening right now. And um yeah, time will tell what 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 goes down for sure. Yeah, that's that's the proof in the pudding, right? Once they get on the field, come whatever the the date is, late in August, uh, come this fall. All right, we'll take a quick break. Second half coming your way. We'll get our guy Tanner on the pod when we return. This is Hawaii Football Now from ESPN Honolulu. All right, second half time. We got our guy Tanner Hayworth in the house. Uh, in the ESPN Honolulu studios, you are very familiar with him if you listen to like anything ESPN Honolulu does. Uh, so we're pumped to get him on the show. He's a big time recruiting follower uh, and, and knows this stuff better than better than we do. Uh, so we got Tanner. We got Tanner on Tanner. Your initial thoughts so far with the four guys they've signed as of uh, 9.39 a.m. here. First of all, you know, glad to be on the podcast, you know, longtime listener. So I'm glad to, you know, finally get on here with you guys. Um, when I'm looking at this class, I'm a big fan of the signing of Demata Peco Jr. That was a guy that we expected to see back on early signing period day uh, alongside his cousin, Vaifonua Peco. Um, I think they were both expected to gray shirt back in December, but Demata, you know, took that choice to, you know, hold off a little bit. And for him, it seemed to work out because now it sounds like he is going to be signing and not going to be delaying his enrollment to the university. Uh, which is what the gray shirt is for people that don't know. That's just like, you know, enroll later. And it's basically like a red shirt, but I don't know past that. Um, <laughs> but what's nice is you're going to see him. He'll probably red shirt, in my opinion. I think he should. When you've got a guy playing defensive end and he's what, 6'5", 215. Um, I'm sure Cody Cook is going to be uh, all over him in the weight room trying to get as much muscle on him as possible try to make him look a little bit more like uh Demata Peco senior at least a little bit uh so I'm glad to see him go in there um seeing the focus on depth at defensive back is also something really good because I think when you look at Hawaii's defense last year um yeah, I could just say the defense was really just a main issue in general, just because of just the amount of people that transferred out 
along with a weak uh, recruiting class last year, just due to the fact that Timmy Chang just did not have enough time and just a weak class from Todd Graham's early signing period uh, from last season. So seeing a lot of these guys, uh, especially Juco guys, like uh, DeMarco Morer, who last year had nine interceptions by himself, um, that's surely something really impressive to see. Uh, DeLion Freeman, the uh, high school product out of Georgia, you know, he reached out to Abe, uh, gave him his film. Abe was impressed, went all the way out to Georgia just to visit him. And so it's nice to see, you know, not only are we reaching California, Texas, we're going all the way out to Georgia. You know, we're committed to getting out there. And, you know, that says a lot about, uh, you know, Abe and how a great job he does recruiting for the university. And so, yeah, excited to see a lot of depth definitely being uh, resolved here. Uh, not only in last signing period, the early signing period, but today as well. Yeah, I uh, I, I abide by the strict policy that the more pecos you can have on your team, the better. Uh, so I, I'm and glad we, we doubled two. up. We yeah, I, I'm glad we've doubled up uh, on our on our number of pecos for for the program here. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about him as well. That's something that uh, Hunter and I talked about. It's just the the sheer amount of defensive backs. <laughs> <laughs> that they've brought in. And and I think you kind of touched on it, Tanner, but some guys who, you know, like a, a junior college guy, like Moore, who, who more than likely I would imagine is going to make an immediate impact. And then you got some guys like Ezekiel Rodriguez or, or, or even Freeman, right. That, that may be a little bit more of uh, a developmental guy, right. They're going to, they're going to bring them along. And, and you, you put a lot of faith, obviously in Abel and Mimian to develop guys, one to identify talent and then two to, to develop as well. Um, and so, is it just look, Hey, try to try to stock up on as much talent as possible uh, when it comes to that. Cause they, they really, <laughs> they've really sort of loaded up on that position there, a, a position that quite honestly, they relied on a, a lot of portal guys last season to kind of, kind of fill some gaps. And only, not only is it good for uh, Abe, by the way, it's also great for the leader of the misfits himself, Josh Brown, uh, safeties coach. So I'm sure he's really excited. Not only have we recruited, quarterback we've recruited safety as well and you're looking for stars obviously I think we got that guy last signing period with Cam Stone out of Wyoming I think he's going to be a great guy Um, we have a lot of really good safeties when you look about when you think about it we have Matangi Thompson who I'm pretty sure retains the red shirt from last year because he only played in what the first four games of the season we got Peter Manuma who was stellar the entire year Meki Pei had a couple of really great reps at safety as well and then when you look at recruiting wise especially because when I'm focusing on safeties you have Justin Sinclair who was I believe was one of the best safeties coming out of Juco you have um, I think DeMarco Moore is also a safety uh, when he comes out, but he might be more of like a nickel guy because when I was looking at a lot of his highlights, he was definitely more down the field than anything. But when you look at Euro's defense, they do like to incorporate kind of that nickel guy who plays safety but can come mm-hmm. down to play kind of in that linebacker area. I think it's really smart to get as much depth as possible because when you look at Hawaii's defense and our starters, immediately the guys that first come to my my uh, mind as starters, you have Verdell Edwards, you've got Jojo Forrest, and maybe Mackenzie Barnes, who we didn't see last year due to a, a season-ending injury in, uh, I think this was spring practice or right before, this could have been fall camp. Because uh, I remember being at that practice uh, when he, uh, I think, 
uh, ruptured his Achilles, I believe. Um, so we might see a lot more of him, uh, another Arizona guy, uh, maybe to see some more time. But like I said, other than those three guys alongside Cam Bell, those are our four cornerbacks that I feel good about as if, that I know about too. So a lot of these guys are young. A lot of these guys can be molded. And I think there's a lot of really great talent that we acquired a guy from early signing period, Elijah Palmer, who was an all American participated in the All-American game uh, out of the nickel spot. So I think when you're out there, I think they're aware of who they have. I think right now what we need more than stars is the depth that we are acquiring at both the corner and the safety spot, as well as a little bit of nickel. Because I think right now, other than Kalana Makala, that's the really only guy that I could think of that really fulfills that kind of I think it was called like the spur back with Todd. I'm not sure what we're calling what we called it last season, but it's that, you know, third linebacker slash nickel spot. Kalana Bacala is the only guy that really comes to my uh, brain when I think of a guy like that. Yeah, no, that's good. And kind of uh, off of uh, a similar topic, when you look at all of these guys that are coming in, there's only so many spots for these guys. And not only do you create depth, but then you also create competition, which I like from a fan perspective that we're not sitting idly by, that we're trying to win now. And when you bring guys in that are hungry, um, willing to jump from other schools in conference, not just JUCO guys looking for a chance to jump up and make an impact, but people looking at look like what we're doing here in Hawaii, like at Wyoming and jumping over here, um, like in that one DB's um, instance, it, it it gets you excited, or at least it gets me excited for what is potentially out there. But the other thing I want to get to is this. With some of the guys, I'm mainly thinking of Meki Pei and Peter Manuma, who have kind of surfaced as stars for us on defense. I wonder if the competition might might even weed guys like that out who we we've come to love and um the the story obviously with peter monoma specifically with his mom and being courageous and just fighting through this last year if you bring in these guys if maybe they aren't given a chance to play just because there's other guys that are better i don't know what do you think about that i think one of the more popular phrases a lot of people love to say, you know, iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm. If you don't bring in viable competition, what's there to spur you on in practice other than, oh, well, yeah, I get a start on Saturday. I don't really got to worry about anything. If you're not worried about your own spot, how are you improving yourself on a day-to-day -day basis? Uh, I think that requires a lot of, you know, dedication on yourself. And I think the easiest way to do that is to bring in competition like the one that uh, that we're bringing in recruiting-wise. Um, a lot of these guys, I'm really excited for, obviously, Meki Pei, Peter Manuma, but we know how good they can be, but they can still be better. And that's Absolutely. what I'm really excited for, is that not only do they have this offseason to really improve on their skills, they got a lot of these guys that are out there with chips on their shoulders out of the Juco spots that were all Americans. They know how good they are. You got a guy like DeMarco Morer. He caught interceptions last year. You're just going to come in and 
they're going to tell you, oh, yeah, you're probably going to be a backup. They're probably yeah. coming and telling you, hey, you have a lot of really great talent. You can start on this team. We got another really great, talented guy like Peter Manama at our starting safety spot. You and him are going to be fighting with each other for that starting spot. Yeah. And like I said, iron sharpens iron. I think that's going to be a lot of really great, a lot of really great experience for this team going into spring practice next week, summer camp and fall camp. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I'm going to focus on number 33, Peter Monuma. We'll see how long he keeps that number because uh, he's going to be single digits pretty soon, I'm sure. Unless um, he likes 33. That's true. Yeah, it's kind of a DB safety hard hitting number. Um, but uh, I look at someone like that and one of Jordan and I's New Year's resolutions for the program that if we're in the interest of giving them ourselves, I don't know if we have that power, but uh, we wanted Hawaii to land a name, image, and likeness deal for one of our starters. Um, and I look at someone like Peter Monuma with the story, his freshman year, um, our program, our fans came around him, uh, very much was a household name for us. Uh, he's got that Troy Palomalu hair rolling back there, and it just fits with um, our brand with University of Hawaii, uh, famous safeties in the past. Um, I think of uh, someone like Nate Jackson and, uh, you know, kind of a hard hitting guy like that, just tough nosed. I look at local kid as well. That that's also really great. We need people like that to play well on the long haul. And so I look at it that, yes, we obviously want him to grow and mature and play better football, but we're also looking at it from a marketing standpoint of, wanting guys like him to succeed here at University of Hawaii because it does help the brand overall. Uh, would you agree with something like that? Yeah, of course. I, I, I agree with that. I got two things on that. One, you know, people are already looking at him. We already know that. I think um, it was the athletic. They put out a uh, all freshman team for FB, for the FBS and he was named, you know, uh, first team, all freshman. So there's already national eyes already looking at him. We know that we're Hawaii. We are to what some people would call a stepping stone. We have a lot of really great talent. We got a guy like Nick Mardner, who right now is playing for the University of Auburn. You know, so I think when you look at our team, we are we have a lot of really great raw talent that we're always excited to have like Peter Monoma. Uh, Tylen Hines is another guy, obviously, that we are expecting to see a huge year, I think, next yep. year, especially how great of a year he had alongside Diedrich Parson. Um, Peter Monoma will get the recognition that he deserves, but something that also really helps, uh, especially defensive guys, get recognition like that are W's. And mm -hmm. You know, last year, only getting three of those things is not going to get you a lot of national recognition. Uh, obviously, especially for coaches, you, Sammy right. needs wins. Exactly. And obviously, you know, some of our local guys are going to get those kind of, you know, cool deals. Uh, Defend Hawaii has been, you know, supporting a lot of these local boys. I saw Tama got a, a deal with uh, one of the local banks. I think it was like, I can't remember uh, the one off the top of my head, but he posted about it on his Instagram. He was like holding up a, a credit card uh, in his jersey and all that stuff. So I know Tama got a deal, uh, but I agree. I mean, we got to find a way to like somehow market guys like Monoma out there, but also at the same time be like, yeah, but, but he's ours. 
yeah it, that's the that's the key right you want you want them to be able to capitalize on their name image likeness uh and get some of that exposure but uh not not, not to the extent where uh, the big boys i guess yeah we don't start. we don't want we don't want texas out here be like yeah but you can get like 13 million dollars here unless you're <laughs> florida then you can say that and then be like oh what do you mean no we, we never said that <laughs> <laughs> i know what what a wild story that was rashada arizona state where did he end up yeah Something like shout that. out to Jalen rashada yeah, yeah. To, uh, arizona state yeah i got out of that florida deal um you mentioned Tylen Hines. Uh, we we we've been kind of talking about the defense quite at length, but but on the offensive side, and obviously there there have been no offensive guys in this recruiting cycle, but um, or re- recruiting period, but uh, a handful of guys in in the first signing period. Um, it's a little different animal, I think. You know, especially when we talk about the defensive side, right? The more talent, the better. You, you talked about guys competing, making each other better uh hunters mentioned a little bit right the run and shoot you really kind of have a core especially in the the skill position guys not a whole lot of free-flowing substitutions or anything like that um is it how do you sort of pair that up with what they've done on the offensive side of the ball in terms of recruiting and and what we've now learned as to what the offensive identity should be i think when i'm looking at the offense what we have right now is I think something that we can mold. Uh, I caught the back end of what Hunter was talking about in terms of not really recruiting a lot for wide receivers. I think the wide receivers that we have, I think they really have the potential to become real stars for the University of Hawaii, especially in that run and shoot. Obviously, we know about Jalen Walthall, Jonah Pinoke, Tamatoa Mokiao, Timalala. But I think guys like the Alex Perry's, the Chuki Hineses, the Nick, the Nick Senecals, the guys that we saw only play a couple of games last year so that they could retain that redshirt freshman uh, status. I think those guys can become real stars for the University of Hawaii. And when you look at the guys we signed, I think it was the it was the sprinter for from New Zealand, uh, Osei Niketia. You know, mm-hmm. we don't know if he could really catch the ball yet because obviously, you know, a sprinter, you don't really need to catch a ball. Uh, but I think he's going to be a guy that we can maybe see in the future start to become kind of like a guy that we could throw the ball down to, you know, with the lack of Zion Bowens now in this offense. Uh, our wide receivers, I'm not worried about because I think we can mold them. I think Timmy is, you know, he was a former wide receivers coach and a tight ends coach. Uh, he can help. Um, he can help Ursua with that. And I know he's getting outside help too from other former University of Hawaii players in that room as well. The one room that I'm excited to see get a little bit of attention was that offensive lineman room. You lose a lot of really great leaders. You lose El Manning. You lose Micah Vanderpool. You lose Stephen Bernalwin. You lose a lot of seniors, but. When I look at the class that we got coming in, the four kids that we got, we have the high school product, Caleb Jackson Carter, who is very similar to Il Manning. You have the two, you have the one Juco, uh, Freddie Pelling, who is just a beast of a person. And you hope that can, you know, that can translate to uh, quality starting time. You have Josh Atkins, the transfer from the University of Houston, as well as um, Isaac uh, Mangaleo'o, who I can't remember if he's gray-shirting or not, out of Campbell, who is also a monster human being, uh, especially when you put him right side of uh, Jaron Keonve Songapolutele, 
out of Campbell. Um, I'm excited to see this room uh, just kind of develop because right now when I'm looking at this offensive line, that's going to be the main focus, I think, next year when you're looking at improvement of this football team. Because last year we had some actual, in my opinion, quality offensive line play for much of the year last year. You know, take out the first couple of weeks. I think a lot of Hawaii football fans automatically did that, you know put the Vanderbilt, put the Western Kentucky into the subconscious and focus on Mountain West play there. But we had a lot of really great times where Braden Shager didn't get really sacked a lot last year, especially in the middle of that season. And when you look at that line, you got returners like Solo Vipulu, who, you know, somehow returned, uh, who's somehow returning. Uh, but, you know, you do what you got to do. Uh, you got uh, Liki Tonuvasa, who's also returning. You got guys who got quality playing time, like Maurice Taala, like Sergio Muastau, that did play a lot last year uh, in lieu of Leaky due to an injury. So I'm, I'm, that's what I'm going to be focusing on for much of uh, this offseason, as well as going into uh, the regular season next year, is – is Roman Sapolu going to develop this line in a way that they can have like a bounce back year from last year? Cause I'm not expecting them to improve, but I, what I am expecting to see from this room is at least some kind of consistency that at times for the university of Hawaii, we did not see from that offensive line. Um, I think also, especially at the tackle spots, because yeah, Bill Manning was really good, but he also had a lot of random lapses that tended to happen, whether it be false starts, whether it be the unsportsmanlike conducts, uh, or the other tackle spot uh, with uh, Hop, where he was serviceable, but th that was obviously the weakest part of our line from last year. So I'm hope hoping that we can find a way to kind of replace our tackles, because that's kind of one of the most important positions in all of football are those tackle spots because yeah. the most talented uh, pass rushers are coming from the outside. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's really good, Tan. Um, when you look at the first recruiting class of a coach, this first full year is usually the, uh, the most scrutinized and really the most important. If you look at a coach's, tenure at a specific university um i just think back to our coaches in the past you know coach chow's first recruiting class included marcus kemp who is still number 85 for the kansas city chiefs um rollo in his first recruiting class included cole mcdonald which we all know what happened with cole in the run and shoot um at university of hawaii and so you can't help but dream and wonder a little bit with this recruiting class and think could the next great University of Hawaii player be in this class of guys? And um, I did want to get to this, though. Would you agree that the effort put from this coaching staff has been uh, has been phenomenal? I mean, look at where these guys have come from just for a second. I mean, it literally spans the globe. We haven't, at least from our our point of view, left any stone unturned of bringing guys in it's uh pretty remarkable what these guys have been able to do in the first year yeah i agree full-heartedly we got new zealand we got american samoa we got california texas england. georgia england we went all the way past the atlantic ocean i mean i think looking at this squad um i mean 
the coaching staff did an amazing job in my opinion and much to say there's still a lot more work to be done i mean there's still a whole another transfer portal window in the in the future you know after all the spring practices are over they do have another transfer portal window open for the guys that are like oh i got no chance here i'm gonna go somewhere else and, you know, I'm fully expecting to see that from our own team because we've already seen a couple of guys in the last couple of weeks transfer away. I think it was the uh, freshman junior to Ase who re- yeah. most recently entered the transfer portal, which is, you know, sucks to see for the offensive lineman room to see a young guy go. But maybe it was a whole matter of, you know, not really meshing with them that Roman wants to run. Because what we do know about this offensive line room is that Roman Sapolu isn't isn't scared about moving you all over the place to find you the best position. And, you know, not to go back into my tangent of talking about the offensive line room, but um, sorry about that. But this coaching staff has done an amazing job. I agree full wholeheartedly. And I think the first thing to look at is seeing Abe Elamimian return to that recruiting coordinator because back when he was a Todd Graham, you know, he was just a secondaries coach. And then in the last year, oh, we're going to move him to running backs coach. And, you know, our running backs did really well that year, I will like to say, uh, with Day Day Hunter, Calvin Turner. They both had really great years. And Dedrick Parson, not to mention. So maybe Abe Alamemian is secretly a really good running backs coach, um, alongside being a good quarterbacks coach and recruiting coordinator. But seeing him, you know, uh, return to just being out there and, you know, getting in touch with not only the California guys, because we saw that pretty much immediately last year, this time last year, where as soon as Timmy Chang returned, you saw immediately from his Twitter, I was like, oh, headed out to California guys. And now you see this year, he went all the way out to Georgia, all the way out to the South, to the Southeast, you know, a place that's really only out there for those SEC or those Sunbelt schools. So it's awesome to see just the vast, not only the net over the Pacific, we're putting a net over the entire world out there. We're putting a net over the late night football television out there because what else are you going to be watching in the regular season at 10 o'clock at night when you're living in the middle of the U.S.? I'm sure you'll find a way to illegally stream the University of Hawaii because you don't know how else to watch college football when you don't know what to do. So I, I think the coach staff did amazing. There's still a lot of work to be done. Like I said, this whole window for the national signing day is open until what a couple, like a month or two from now. So they got a lot of time to sign these guys, Uh, a lot of time to get guys, you know, who are going to be walk-ons. So there's a lot of work to be done. I'm excited about this team. I'm excited about this coaching staff and I can't, I can't wait for next week. For spring practice, even though technically it's still winter in some places, I guess yeah, you take that up with Poxitani Phil. Yeah, and that that's that's the beauty of it, right? The the old the old the old Roloism, like just come come here. You can it, it doesn't snow. Uh, you don't have to worry about that uh, when you're going through off season. Although training. it did, it was a little cold last week. Relative, relative, <laughs> yeah. relative. I think we're all in agreement, though. I I I would agree with you guys. Like they they've gotten better. Like the roster is, has been upgraded with these, these 30 signings. I, I don't think there's really any, I don't think we're going out on a limb by saying that, but I, I, I do feel pretty confident. Like, look, the, the roster has been upgraded. Yeah. And what's also really exciting to think about is we got two guys that are pending NCAA appeals to return for an extra year. 
we have, I think it was the transfer of Micah Maria Terangi uh, from, he's originally mm. from Kahuku, I believe. I think he came out of Virginia. I'm not, right. I can't remember where he came yeah, from. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. But I think the biggest one to be uh, looking at, I actually uh, was out here, uh, I was out there snooping to see more information about this. Uh, John Tuitupo is out there seeking that NCAA appeal, and they're currently still in in the processing uh, motion of that appeal uh, process. So I've heard that John Tuitupo is out there practicing still. So I'd be to look on as we... Uh, head out into the regular season in a couple of months from now what 200 days from now <laughs> it's not it's not long from now we're uh we're about 20 uh hawaii football now episodes or something like that uh before yeah. we before we really get into it um yeah it, it dude if they can get to it to pull back that huge uh anchor that defensive line in there especially um, when you got a guy like daniel sauce williams coming out from juco yeah some big boys some big boys out there <laughs> Hey, Tanner, we appreciate it, man. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, we won't wait so long to get you back out here. Uh, there'll be a lot to talk about uh, as we get into spring practice, as you mentioned. Uh, get to see some of these new faces in uh, the program on campus, uh, perhaps going through some workouts. A number of these guys won't be there until the summer. But, right. um, you know, this is this is an exciting time. This is an exciting time. And uh, we are we are equally as excited to, to have you debut on the uh, – this edition of Hawaii football now. So thanks, man. I appreciate it. And, you know, quickly want to shout out, you know, John Galvez, Uncle Polutele, you know, got to shout out the Punahou guys out there, you know, hopefully he does great out there. Also shout out to my classmate, Andre Yosibosh, balling out in senior bowl right now. I, day two, day two guy in the NFL draft out of Princeton, Andre Yosibosh. Don't forget the name. Uh, he's a stud. Cut him off before any more Punahou plugs. <laughs> Yeah, hey, you guys got enough. We got enough Yolani guys here at ESPN Honolulu. We got to get the Ponoho people uh, out here. Hunter and I hold it down for the public school kids. Um, <laughs> you know, we're we're just we're just a couple of public school guys. Um, so we're uh, oh boy, man, we got guys chime. Our producers chiming in in the chats, um, throwing marital references in there. All right, enough of the the ILH talk. Uh, I we Ezekiel Rodriguez, man, Milani High School. There we go. We got a public school guy getting in there. I'm so, excited uh, for him. I can't wait to see him next year. Yeah, he's he's a player. Although he did start off at Pack Five. Um, for transferring over, baby. Shout out to Pack Five, man. Shout out to um, the ILH. <laughs> yeah, I, I forget exactly. I forget which. I forget if he was at Marinal or or what school he was at before he um before he made the move over to Milan, which I think was a good move for him um, yeah. competition wise. Uh, it, it seemed, it seemed to work out quite nicely. All right. That'll do it for us. We could probably ramble on for another hour or so, but uh, you know, we got, we got to fit the thing. We got, we got to, we got to cut this down, fit it in all the good stuff. Tanner, we appreciate you, man. Uh, and we'll catch up soon. Awesome. Shoots guys. All right. Big thanks to our guy Tanner for joining the show. Uh, big thanks to all the listeners. Once again, dropping us some lines on the comments and whatnot. A uh, quick two-minute drill to get us on up out of here. Uh, again, we will have more extended recruiting talk next week and, and get ready for spring practice. It, man, it never ends. Uh, the cycle just keeps on going. Um, did want to mention 2024, so current junior, uh, edge guy from Kamehameha Schools, uh, Tristan Waimal Galindo, uh, gave his verbal commitment on Tuesday. Uh, local kid uh, who is, said he's going to stay home. Pretty exciting guy on the edge. Uh, who can who can get after the passer? Really, 
player out of Kamehameha in the ILH. So something to keep our eye on. Obviously, a lot can change between now and then. We've seen kids <laughs> commit, decommit, all that kind of stuff. But hopefully, Tristan, uh, Wyoming Galindo decides to uh, to see because I, I think that'd be another nice local get uh, and a guy I think that can that can be impactful uh, if he indeed ends up at the University of Hawaii. So a big one there. Ten already mentioned, uh, offensive lineman Junior Taase has entered the portal. He was a freshman last year as part of the 2022 recruit class. He was a Todd Graham signee uh, in that December period before uh, the transfer um, or turnover after the Graham resignation into the Chang era. Uh, so did want to mention that. I wish him all the best. Uh, so some guys may be coming in, some guys heading out. Uh, but one guy, Marcus Kemp, uh, you mentioned him. He's going back to the Super Bowl. So Hawaii's represented. Hawaii is represented as Marcus Kemp. Back in, Marcus Kemp, who got a pass in the AFC yeah. championship game because Patrick Mahomes, I'm pretty sure, has run out of receivers by now. Uh, it, 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 incredible. Incredible is Marcus Kemp, who, who's one of those dudes as, as a, a special teams dynamo, uh, getting some run offense. He expected that to happen, uh, but made the most of his opportunity as the Chiefs defeat the Bengals and are off to the Super Bowl. So that'd be pretty cool. We'll, we'll definitely be keeping a close eye. Absolutely. He already has one ring with those guys. Um, I believe at one point last season, he even had a captain patch on his jersey. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, he's just like go-go gadget there at the, the Chiefs, literally on, I think, maybe not field goal, but punt, kickoff, kickoff return and punt return. He's on all four of those special teams. And it just made a name for himself as a solid guy in the locker room. For those of us that played with him, we we all completely agree with that. Marcus was just such a stand-up dude, very focused, very about his business. And uh, stoked to see him at the receiver level, too, because, as you remember, Jordan, he was phenomenal for us at the wideout spot in those years, uh, kind of from the Norm Chow era, uh, branching over into Rolo those first two years. Um, super stoked for him, still kicking it, uh, battling through injury various times in his career and going to have a chance at another Super Bowl. Um, it's great for, uh, it's great for Hawaii. It's great for recruiting pitches. I hope that they are bringing that up at any chance that they can, that one of our alumni is getting a chance at the biggest stage there is. And, uh, yeah, very interesting with all the receivers going down and him getting time at the wideout spot. So, I'm stoked. I hope he gets more of a look at uh, two weeks' time in the Super Bowl. I, I can't wait, man. I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So we'll talk a little bit more about that next week uh, as we sign off here. Again, a big mahalo to Tanner uh, Hayworth of ESPN Honolulu for joining us today. A fun discussion on the recruiting angle. And uh, who knows? The roster, I'm sure, will be ever-evolving uh, as we move throughout the spring uh, and again, spring practices right around the corner. Uh, all right, that'll do it for us. We'll see you guys next week here on Hawaii Football Now. Again, a big mahalo to our sponsor, Spectrum Mobile and Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union. We'll see you next week, everybody. Aloha. You've been listening to Hawaii Football Now with Jordan Helley and Hunter Hughes, all from ESPN Honolulu.